0: The turn of captivities, the turn of tests, the turn of times and seasons, we acknowledge your presence in this place, increase, and let the flesh decrease. You get all the glory. This service is about you, Lord. Unless you move, unless you do something, unless you do what only you can do, it will be a normal social gathering. We don't want a normal social gathering. We have come to Mount Zion. We've come to the church of the firstborn. We've come to an innumerable company of angels. We've come to the blood of sprinkling. We've come to the church of the firstborn. We've come to the spirit of just men made perfect. The atmosphere is ripe. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. In the name of Jesus. We welcome you, King Jesus. We welcome you into your house. This is your house, this is your home. We welcome you here take all the glory let the blessing be ours in jesus name we have worshiped amen celebrate your king this morning is that the best you can do for your king this morning express your is that the best you can do for your king this morning be seated in the presence of the Lord. The day draweth near when we will resume our confession. Something is cooking. God is slow cooking something in my spirit. So we speak as we hear. And when we speak what we hear, then he does what we say. If we say what he says, he says it first, we say it next, then he does it. Because he will be doing what he actually originally said. Amen? Jesus functioned that way. John 14:10. he said, The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. So the Father tells him what to say, he says it, the Father does it. And the Father tells us what to say. We say it, and then he does it. Can I have an amen? amen. So we're not just coming up with some nice cliches. We're coming up with what he has come up with. And when that happens, I tell you, there is no mountain that will be able to survive our way. No valley will be too steep for us. Because God will fill it up, and God will level the mountains, and our lives will never be the same again. I bring you God's word this morning, and I believe that it's going to turn turn and turn and turn around our situations in Jesus' name. I said it in the dawn service and I'll say it again now. Okay, before I begin to say, let me talk about Dunamis. Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, so Dunamis, our annual convention in this church, our mother church convention and so by extension, it's our convention. Uh, comes up 20th to 24th of April. That's next month. That's uh, barely six weeks away. I want you to please prepare prepare to encounter god and prepare for god to encounter you there are three ways we prepare every year and this year is not it's not going to be an exception number one way is to pray at some point the adult church will communicate with us when we're going to have a prayer chain we're going to be fasting and praying uh, maybe three days maybe five days maybe seven days they let us know so begin to prepare your heart um, it is important that we fast and we pray as Christians. Fasting for us is not a question of if, it's a question of when. In Matthew chapter 6, and if you look at verse 6, Jesus said, when you fast. And then he says, when you pray, in the whole of that chapter. He said, but you, when you fast, then, but you, when you pray. Alright? Matthew chapter 6. If you back up a little bit to verse 6, back up a little bit, verses 5 and 6. you find it there. Praise God. But you, yeah, and when you pray... It says, you shall not be as the hypocrites. If you fast uh, backpedal a bit or fast forward to verse 16, you'll find it says, and you when you fast. So when you pray and when you fast. So it's not a question of if you pray or if you fast. It's a question of when you do it. It's not a question of if you do it. So let me turn to your neighbor this morning and say, it's not a question of if you do it. Say, it's a question of when you do it. So in verse 16, it says, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sound cat, uh, sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. But when you fast, anoint your faces with oil. All right, put some makeup, some and wear some perfume. All right, smell nice, look good. Help me tell your neighbor. Say when you, fast, when you fast, smell nice, fast. look good. Amen. Amen. Help me tell them God will reward you, you openly. Reward you. you fast secretly, you fast. and you pray secretly. But God rewards you openly. Let me tell them your your reward is coming. Your reward is sure. Because God's word is sure. Amen. So that's the first way to prepare for dunamis. The second way to prepare will be to get involved. When I say get involved, there are going to be various units for us to serve. I'll give us further information as the day draws near. All right? Serving in the security outfit serving in the uh, protocol, serving in registration uh, arena. Some of us are gonna be needed as meeters and greeters to welcome people to the convention. People are coming from all over the world. Uh, our churches are around the globe. So people are coming from the UK, from the US, from Germany, from uh, different states in Nigeria, from Kuwait and all of that. You know, so we'll need some of us here on ground to welcome them. I'll give you further instruction on that. Some of us will be needed on the registration table You know, to put our IT skills to use, put your phone to use and all of that. Your laptops, you know, you devote whatever you have to God. And then that also will involve your time. So I wanted to set aside those dates so that you can be available on ground to serve. The last preparation, which is number three preparation, is that you're going to need to prepare financially. Somebody say financially. And I really want God to bless us this year. And I mean this. I really want God to bless the young people of this church. We are not too young to be blessed. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? Yes, All right. I've been telling God about you, and I'm going to tell him more. I really want him to bless us financially. So we say we don't want Yahoo money, we don't want blood money, but we know there is, we have true prosperity in Christ. And so we want that to also translate to the material realm and the financial realm. So one of the ways to tap into God's finances is to dip into yours and sow a seed into his work. I am a man of faith. I'm a man of prayer, but I'm a seed sower. I sow seed. I love to do it. I've got the light, and it works for me. It works in my life. This last one week, I took time out to just wait on God, and fasting daily, and praying, and away from town, away from everybody. I can tell you what God... <laughs> By the time I turned on my phone, took it off from uh, flight mode, the kind of messages that came in before I left the place of retreat, I was already seeing the hand of God. So, I am not a preacher of theory. I'm a preacher of practical. Christianity. Don't ever in this church say you don't have money. Don't let it ever come out of your mouth. Everybody has something. If you come to church with the mentality that you don't have, you will never have. But if you come to church with the mentality that you have a seed to sow, a harvest is coming. Genesis eight twenty two 22 says, while this earth remaineth, seed, time, harvest. Heat and cold, Summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. For as long as you have a seed in the ground, you can expect a harvest. When you put nothing in the ground, expect nothing. Now, a couple of days ago, I saw, last week actually, I saw a woman roasting corn. And I was asking myself, is it the season again for corn? Very soon you'll find corn all over town because a few weeks ago or a few months ago, some people went to the farm and put some seed in the ground. The reason you are not expecting corn this morning and this month and next month is because you have not put corn in the ground. But if any of you decides to put corn in the ground, then you have every right to expect a harvest. Can I have an amen to that? It's a law. Don't let anybody deceive you with some smooth talking, some OAP that is not born again, that doesn't know Jesus. And they tell you when you put money in church, the pastors are feeding off your money, the pastors are buying private jet, let them buy it. In fact, I'm looking for a pastor who wants to buy a private jet so I can put my money there, I can sow a seed so that when mine comes, I can give God all the glory. People just talk nonsense, they just talk what they don't know. If you know the schedule of some of these ministers, you will understand that, there is no commercial airline that can meet up with the itinerary. When you have to be in South Korea for a meeting on a Thursday, do you know what day you have to leave Nigeria? And you're going to have to leave South Korea to go to Australia. A different Now, you're flying from different time zones, from one time zone to another. In some time zones, it's like you're traveling backward into time. In some other time zones, it's like you're going forward into time. Before. We enter the new year. Every year, there is a country, I've forgotten the name now, that actually is ready in the new year, almost 24 hours before we shout happy new year. I'm not talking about Australia, which is just a couple of hours ahead. So don't join them to say nonsense. Sow your seed and expect God to give you a harvest. I would speak along these lines much later because I I know that really, I need to do some teaching about giving. It's important. We want to have, but we don't give. There's no way you can have if you don't give. To give to God, to give to your parents, to give to your church, to give to those who I need. Different kinds of giving. And then expect the Lord. The, he's called the Lord of the harvest. And the last time I checked, nobody who hasn't put anything in the farm will go and say, I want to harvest. What do you want to harvest? He's the Lord of the harvest. And that God will honor you in Jesus' name. We have been given a bill of 300,000 naira only as the youth church. Uh, Several years ago, that would make me jump off my chair. But right now, it's like knife through butter. Amen? So I'm just going to ask you to do your own part in making that 300,000 come alive. If you don't give, God will supply. But I encourage you to give. Okay? Okay? So somebody say, I will give. give. If you're happy, say, I will give. give. To the work of God. God. Amen. Don't forget that the senior pastor has been magnanimous enough to leave Saturday alone for us. So they have a session in the morning. We have all day on Saturday to have our own international youth convention. So other young people are coming from Craig Avenue, from Yemetu Expression House, Craig Avenue Expression House, Elekuro Expression House. The Stone Church Expression House Lagos, Agiding Bikeja, Expression House Budija, who just started, we just inaugurated them a few weeks ago. The Expression House Berlin, maybe you don't know, we have an international branch now, praise God. And another one will spring up in London very soon, and so other places are coming in, amen. The fire is spreading, the word is spreading, we're not just static, we're not just here. Don't think we're just here, we're not just here, praise God. And as I'm speaking to you right now, there are people watching online, there are people listening online. So even in Nigeria, we we, we have our tentacles around. It is what God is doing. So lock into this, lock hands with God, tap into this. Some of you are having serious financial crisis. It's a time to sow. Isaac sowed in the time of famine, Genesis 26. When you are experiencing a financial famine, that is when to sow. I've seen God do that in my life many times. And and I'm like, God, this, this doesn't make sense. This, this last 100 pounds that I have in my account, this last $100, and it says, take it, sow it. This last 50000 naira, take it, sow it. Now, be sure you are led by God, all right? Be sure. Don't do it because Pastor Fred has encouraged us to, yeah, it's a good way to encourage you, but be sure that you are led by God. Be sure that you're hearing what God is saying to you. You won't live by my word, you live by the word of God. Can I have an Amen. But if the words from a mouth are coming from the mouth of God, then you can live by it. Amen, praise God. Did you get that this morning? So three ways to prepare. Prepare prayerfully. Prepare in terms of making yourself available to serve and prepare with your finances. And at the end of that convention, yay, your life will never be the same again. Okay, only this part came to church. What about the people in the middle? Praise God. Psalm 126 is what I want to conclude this morning, God the turner, God the turner, Psalm 126 from verse 1 through 6, trust in the Holy Spirit to help me with speed and the church say amen, Amen. oh and the church say amen I have a meeting at 12 noon, so I also want to finish up. Praise God. And the next time you see me, I'll be talking about the wonder-working power of joy. Glory! The next time you see me, Psalm 126. It says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. It didn't say, if the Lord. It said, when the Lord. When? When? When answers the question of time. So it is not a matter of if God is going to turn around your captivity. It's a matter of when the Lord turns around your captivity. And when is it going to be? God's timing is now because God doesn't live in the realm of time. God dwells in the realm of faith. He dwells in one eternal continuum now. When is the Lord going to turn around your captivity When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Somebody's going to be like a dreamer this week. Somebody's going to be like a dreamer throughout the month of March. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. God is going to make somebody laugh. The Lord will have me say to someone, I've seen your tears, I've seen your private tears. He said, but this is your season When I'm turning your tears into laughter, in the name of Jesus. If you are that person, say that's me. me. And our tongue with singing. Somebody has been complaining, complaining, complaining from January 1st, 2022. It is time for your complaints to stop and you're going to start singing. Then said they among the hidden, the Lord has done great things for us. The unbelievers will now be talking behind you that God has done great things for you. And then you will call them together and confirm it with verse 3. And you will tell them, the Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Can I have an amen? amen? Turn again, our captivity, O Lord. This is a prayer. The place of prayer. Someday soon, I will speak about this. The place of prayer in the turning of your captivity. Turn again! You've turned it before. Turn it again. As the streams in the south, so that they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So that he that goes forth and whips, bearing seeds that is precious to him or her, will doubtless come back again with rejoicing, bringing their results and their harvest with them. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said it in the dawn service, when God sends a word to us, as a church, as his children, as his people, it is because he wants our lives to turn around. God constantly is on a mission to get his children to be better and better and better. Not bitter, but better. Let me speak American English to your neighbor this morning. Say, not bitter, bitter. but better. Speak Nigerian English to them. Not bitter, bitter. but better. Glory be to God. God doesn't send the word for the word to come back and say, well, here am I. I couldn't accomplish my purpose. No. God is not an orator. God doesn't speak so that you can judge and assess his accent and his dexterity at using semantics. God is not interested in all of that. When he speaks, he speaks for effect. Somebody say for effect. He wants an impact. Let me tell the neighbor, say God wants an impact of his word in your life. That's why he speaks. Otherwise, he'll be quiet. So get it right. Isaiah 55. We're going to be in verses 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return to it, but water it the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In the next verse, it says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. My pleasure, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God compares his word to rain and snow. In this part of the world, we don't know snow. We see pictures of snow. But many of us haven't been in it before, so let's leave that out. But let's talk about rain. I mean, we all know rain. Rain, rain, go away, yeah? Uh Uh-huh. Rain, rain. Why are you asking it to go away? Why are you asking it to come another day? You know why? Because little children want to play. And you don't want to play in the rain so you don't fall down, right? Because when rain comes, you have to acknowledge that it is raining. Nobody denies the effect of rain. The Yorubas will say, It's impossible. If you say, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm deaf to rain, I'm blind to rain, that's fine, you just get into it and know whether it is raining or not. You'll be wet, you'll be soaked from head to toe. They say, what's wrong with you? I got in the rain. Rain always has impact. I traveled for about five days, I got back yesterday it didn't rain where I went to. But when I got back, I asked the boatman that was taking me around. I said, did it didn't rain in Ibadan?" He said, yeah. I said, because I got to my house and I saw that instead of the usual dusty, dry sand, I could see that it had kicked a bit and I could feel that the weather had changed. It, it wasn't as harsh as it was before I traveled. Now oh, it was a bit more welcoming and I'm the rain kind of person, I love rain. I don't know about you, but I love rain. I mean, I played football in the rain back in the day, and I will, if you allow me, I will still play football in the rain. How many of you have played soccer in the rain? If you're a more guy, you never play soccer in the rain, you need to be born again. And you know what I mean? Not spiritually, you need to go back into your mother's womb and be born again. We, we like soccer in the rain. I mean, you, you tap it, and it goes up with water, boom. So the football is coming. Water is coming as well. I love me some rain. Rain brings refreshing. When there is too much heat, people can pass up. People can faint. But when there is rain, there is a refreshing. Rain is a symbol of the presence of God. This season, you will experience the rain of God. Some of us have known dryness for too long. Things are dry financially. Things are dry in your relationship. Even your walk with God is dry. You know, there are times that your Christian life can be so dry, you hardly can pray. You lift your mouth, you don't know the next thing to say. You want to worship, but it's just not flowing. It's a sign that there is a spiritual dryness. You lack your enthusiasm, your ethos, enthusiasm for evangelism. Somebody say, let's go for evangelism. So what are you talking about? Dryness. Dryness. God said, when the rain comes, you see the impact. My son told me yesterday, I said, son, so, so we were going home and he said, daddy, it rained heavily. I said, yeah, someone already told me that. He it rained so heavily that we had to travel one way instead of using both lanes on our way home. Because one part of the road got blocked with rain. I said, good, glory to God. That means there's an abundance of harvest coming this year. Amen? Yeah. If you're into agriculture, you know you want rain like if there's no rain, there won't be a harvest. God said, my word is like that. My word cannot come and not bring rain. It, look, look, look. If you just come to this church and you hear God's word and nothing is happening in your life, two things are bound to happen. Either you need to change or you need to change your church. That is the truth. It's either you need to change or you need to change your church. To change your church meaning you need to change what you're hearing. Because God's word can't just be coming week in week out And our lives are not changing God just told us Look that's exactly what my word is like It's like rain Now when rain comes It will make the earth to flourish The dry earth will begin to know some flourishing And the next thing you know It will begin to produce seed Because it will bud B-U-D It will bud And then it will give seed To the sower so if you are a sower, God is going to minister seed to you. Can I have an amen? Yeah. And if you are an eater, eater. Someone say eater. eater. Say eater. eater. All right. Say eat. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you a bit of hebonics this morning. If you're an eater. <laughs> Someone say eater. eater. <laughs> you know, if you speak like that in the U.S., a, oh, can you say that again? Peter, <laughs> Have you seen this Steve have his show where the guy said hunger? <laughs> African guy. Is there hunger? So Steve, Steve said, say that again. Is it hunger? Was it anger? Okay, it was anger. Is it anger? Is it say it again? Is the anger? Say it again. He was trying to understand him. So when he got because oh anger. <laughs> Anger. No, somebody say anger. Anger. <laughs> so it's not anger. I, I'm angry with you. I'm very hungry. Some people, have, they will still add H in front. I'm very hang. <laughs> All right. God said, when my word comes, it will minister seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So if you're an eater, you're going to have bread. If you're a sower, you're going to have seed to sow. Can I tell you what? God wants to give you both. God... It, Cares About you having seed to sow And bread to eat So you never go hungry Psalm 37 and verse 25 I was young, now I'm getting older I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, is begging what? Bread Because he never wants you to beg bread Can I have an amen to that? So God the turner Turns three things Among so many other things Number one, if you followed me last week What did I say? God turns around Come on, let me hear you shout it Say it like, say it like, say it like when the U.S. right now. Sorry, I know we're in Nigeria, but say it like when the U.S. What does God turn around? Captivity. I'm hearing captivity, captivity, captivity. Praise God. All right, so let's say it like we're Nigerians. God turns around what? Captivities, because the ones in Nigeria are very strong. Ogun Nigeria Legon, like some people say, Ogun Nigeria Oboyibo. God turns around captivities. Number two, God turns around what? Hearts. In Job 42.10, the Bible says, when the Lord turned the captivity of Job, the Lord turned his captivity when he prayed for his friends and gave him twice as much as he had before. In Psalm 126, God turns, when the Lord turns again the captivity of Zion. So God turns captivities, no doubt about it. In 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10, God turned around the captivity of a man called Jabez. Number two, God turns hearts. In Esther chapter 5, before Esther approached the king, she said, let me fast. And my maids are going to fast with me. Uncle, you fast as well. So that when I go in before the king, given at a wrong time, without invitation, I want the Lord to turn the heart of the king in my favor. And did God do it or not? Come on, talk to me, church. Did God do it or not? In proverbs 21 and verse 1 the Bible makes it clear to us that God the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord like the course of a river eternity with us so every will and as you go for that interview God is going to turn the hearts of those people in your favor you have an exam this week God will turn the heart of your examiner in your favor you have a visa interview God will turn the heart of the consular in your favor you need to go for a business proposal. God will turn the heart of the people in your favor. Yes. If you're a marketer or a salesperson, you're dealing sales. You need to sell. Before you can sell to anybody, you need to warm your way into their hearts. You need to convince them. I pray for you. A grace and anointing that will rest upon you that will increase your sales in the name of Jesus. Yes. You are going you're going to be a salesperson and you're going to be a celebrated salesperson. Because the grace of God is on your life. For some people to improve their sales, they have to go to herbalists and get some. They cut their tongue, Abu Sanu, Abu Sari, Abu whatever. We don't need all of those beggarly elements. We have the Holy Ghost, Amen. Amen. So when you talk to people, people listen to you. They pay attention. They say you're making sense, even when you're not making sense. You can open your mouth and talk dust, and they say, "Wow, I like that presentation." Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You know you didn't prepare well enough for that presentation. And you just went into it and said, Lord, help me. And you just... So I said, whoa! Whoa! We need that guy. than him! You know what has happened? It is not your eloquence. It is not your dexterity at using words. It is not your oratory skill. It is just God who has turned their heart in your favor. Number three thing that the Lord turns is that it turns tests. Into testimonies. Do you know the meaning of testimony? Testimony. There are many words in English that were borrowed from Yoruba language. One of them is testimony. Testimony. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Church. I want to just share my test this morning. No, no. MC, get the mic from her. No, no. Is this not a church? I want you to pray with me. I want to share my test. No, we don't want to hear your test. But when you come up and say, praise the Lord. You say, hallelujah. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have a testimony. We say, yeah, share it, sister, share it. You've come up to share it because it has turned. It was a test before, but now it has gone through different stages and it has become a testimony. I don't know what somebody is going through this morning. I don't know where you have come from. I don't know whether you are here physically or you're watching online or listening online. I pray for you that this situation you are going through, this very situation that has killed some people, has maimed some people, has destroyed some people, have made some to be stranded in life, will turn to you for a testimony in the name of Jesus. I got that from Luke 21, verse 13. Jesus said, And this shall turn to you. And this shall turn to you. He didn't say it doesn't say shall turn for everybody, but says it shall turn to you for a testimony. Can I have a very good amen? Tell, tell somebody this morning, say, My case is different. It might have killed others. Come on, come on, come on. Find a neighbor. Find a, a neighbor that's alive and well, that is not sleeping. Tell them, say, neighbor what you are going through, might have killed some people, might have maimed some people, might have made some to be stranded, might have depressed some people, might have left some into depression, might have left some into suicide, but for you, it's shall turn for your testimony in the name of Jesus find another partner say partner It shall turn to you follow testimony and you will testify in the name of jesus testimonies are very powerful and very encouraging in psalm 119 verse 144 he said the righteousness of your testimony is everlasting god's testimonies are right forever he said give me understanding and i shall leave when they try to defeat the enemy They tried everything in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And nothing seemed to work. They used the blood. And we're having a communion service this morning. I said they used the blood. They applied the blood. But not only the blood, they also applied the word of their testimony. My goodness, the devil couldn't stand that combination. Before the end of this service, we're going to take a communion. But how does God turn my test into testimony? Maybe somebody's going through a test and you say, Lord, okay, pastor, thank you. I've heard that beautiful message. But how? In practical terms. Because right now my faith is weak. Right now my level of joy is very low. You must know that for your test to turn into a testimony, you must learn to stay in faith and maintain your joy. You must learn to do two things at the same time. Stay in faith. Maintain your joy. Let me turn to your neighbor. You are going to help me preach this morning. We are going to be preaching all through the service together. So, neighbor. neighbor stay, in faith, stay in faith. And maintain your joy. Maintain say it in your Yoruba accent. Say, neighbor. neighbor stay in faith, faith. And maintain your joy. <laughs> if you are an Igbo person, you want to turn to your neighbor and say it in whatever accent. Say, neighbor. Hmm? neighbor. Nah, stay in faith, too. And maintain your joy. It is good to have joy and to maintain it because the enemy wants to punch your joy every time. Told that devil, I told him some time ago, you'll never be able to steal my joy again. Never, never. I will laugh in your face. That's why I'm preaching that message in a couple of weeks. The wonder working power of joy. Joy mesmerizes the enemy. When they expect you to, to cry and you're laughing. <laughs> oh, that's Spanish, by the way. Interpretation. Interpret in English. Oh, sorry, Lord, have mercy. You know, some people think when they look at you, you should be, you, you should be crying. Cry for what? It pains the devil. We'll get there soon. You need to stand in faith to see a turn around and maintain your joy. You know why? Because your faith is being tested. When you are being tested, it is actually your faith that has been tested and tried. Until you are tested and tried, you cannot be trusted. Ah, pastor, you know, Karis, Caris is my friend. She's a new member of the church. And oh, she's my best friend in the whole world. That would be a lie. When did I get to know her? Before you can say this is my bestie, we must have been through certain things together. <laughs> when the whole world gathered against me and they were going to swallow me, it was only you that stood up and said, no, 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 he's not like that. I beg your pardon. My friend is not like that. Oh, that's a friend. Many people will go with the flow when you are not there, behind you. Hey, it's true, he's very proud. Hey, sometimes, even God, sometimes the way he does to me he says, oh. but when you see him, you say, oh, it is well, oh, it is well. Oh, oh. When you, ah, oh, if you went down, I spoke for you. Oh, they, they, I won't go back, they took. But if you can be there, through the vicissitudes, through the thick and thin, then it means You have been tested. Then you can be trusted. Many people want God to trust them when they have never been tested. Do you realize that even in construction, we don't ever buy iron, metal, all these rails that you see. Nobody ever will get them into the market until they have been tested and tried and proven. How do you want God to use you in the long haul without you having to go through tests and trials? And when some are going through tests and trials, it is the time they give up. They don't like it. Nobody likes it, to be honest. Even me, I don't like it. But I have understanding now. I know it is working for my good. In James 1-2, it says, count it all joy. It didn't say call a party and say, oh, come on, friends, come and have a pretty party for me. <laughs> if you know what I'm going through right now, the devil came to my house yesterday and stole my phone. On oh, my way to church, the devil stole my purse. On oh, my way to church again, I had a flat tire And I was just cold I just lost that job Count it all joy When you fall Into diverse tests, trials and temptations There is a purpose for it Verse 3 says Because the trying of your faith Worketh patience Your gra is too much You need to come to a point in God Where you learn to be patient that, Lord, I understand there is a working. I can't trace you, but I trust you. I know, God, that this will end in praise. That's called patience. Some people can't be patient. If God doesn't do it in the next three months, Pastor, I will go to a herbalist. I will find an alpha. He says, but let patience have a perfect work. Why? Let patience come to maturity. Why? So that you may be entirely... You may be perfect. You may want nothing. God can bring you to a point where you lack nothing in your life, but it's a game of patience. Faith and patience always work together. Hebrews 6, 12. Quickly, I jump ahead of myself because of my time. Hebrews 6, 12. Hebrews 6, okay, no, let's continue this. I'll I'll take it to verse 7. Okay, so verse 5. Now, Lord, I'm being patient, but I don't know what to do. Lord, I really, what do I do now? Go to verse 5, James 1, 5. It says, let him that lack. If any man lacks wisdom, let him cry. Let him go to Google. Google, what do I do right now? Let him call Siri. Siri, help me. Huh? If any lacks wisdom, if any doesn't know how to get out of their current situation, now please put down your mobile phone. Don't let me be preaching and you're fiddling with your phone. All right? Unless you're in the media ministry. All right. Now, if any lacks wisdom, where should he go? Ask of God. Who gives to how many men? Who gives to how many men? Now, Timo, say that out loud. Who gives to how many men? All men. All men. Does that include you? So, when you say I ask God for wisdom, He didn't give me. You are proud because you should be part of all men. He gives to all men how liberally, generously, plentifully, nyaf 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 only, and does not upbraid, does not find fault. Oh, David, I gave you wisdom th- three weeks ago. You messed up with my wisdom. Now you're coming again. Look at your big head like that of coconut. If God ever abuses you like that, you, your head will become coconut. So I, I love God he doesn't abuse. We are the ones who abuse people and tongue lash people. God doesn't do it. Look at him like a goat. That moment, he just because his words are so powerful, they don't return to him void. If he says, goat, God's just, but he doesn't mess up with our lives. Can I have an amen? He looks at you and says, "loved." He looks at you and says, "beloved." He looks at you and says, "blessed." He looks at you and says, "what?" He looks at you and says, "transformed." He looks at you and says, "holy fragment." Who are you? I am who God says I am, ah. and I won't settle for less. Let patience have a perfect work, and when you ask for wisdom, He said, "Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, because he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea." He said. For a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Many of us are double minded about anything we ask God. God, I want the Toyota Camry 2005. The next day, Lord, um, 2005, I just learned it's very expensive. It's like 2.8 million. God, I don't mind 2001. I want. star I want she be shouting move me let me just be able to move from point a to point b that one is about 1.7 million go i know you can afford it i know you can avoid it i know you can I know, I know you can avoid it it's not avoid it's afford somebody say afford no somebody say afford now now say like american english say afford now british say afford all right don't say avoid go i know you can avoid it if you no, no wonder you has avoided it <laughs> amen praise god so 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 people come to a point and then and then they reduce They reduce what they've asked God. And then, after six months, it has not come. Lord, I don't mind pencil. 1993, Camry. Let me just be mobile. After a while, Lord, don't give me Toyota Camry again. Toyota Starlet is not bad. You don't even know Toyota Starlet. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Unstable like waters. That was the problem of Reuben. Reuben. And God said, you shall not excel. One day you're asking for healing. The next day I say, Lord, just manage me. Just manage my health. Don't You might not necessarily take away the cancer from my body, but just help me to be able to cope with it. Shut your dirty, stinking mouth. You're telling me God doesn't have power to take away cancer? Then let's shut down the church and start worshiping cancer. If cancer is all-powerful and almighty. Come on now. Let the brother of low degree, low estate, rejoice in that he is exalted. Your beginning may be small, but your latter end shall be great. Can I have an amen? amen. But you need to stay in faith and do all with your joy? Only two people came to church this morning. What do you do with your level of joy? Very good. You know why? Because if you claim to be in faith, We should see joy on your face every time. No, pastor. I'm in faith. Camera zoom on my face. I have been believing God for three years for a breakthrough, a turnaround that you are preaching now. I know he will do it in his own time. Even if he forgets me, I know he will not forget me. <laughs> Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Nobody knows the sorrows I've seen. Nobody knows the sorrows I've seen. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. Please, don't let anybody again in your life ever have the opportunity to ask you what is wrong with you. You show up from afar and they say, It's not a good thing. Let them not be able to tell. You're not faking it? No. The Lord is filling your spirit with joy and peace and hope. Those are three powerful forces when you are truly in faith. It's a mark that you're in faith. It's a symptom. It's a sign that you're in faith. Romans fifteen thirteen. Quick, go there. Romans fifteen thirteen. Oh my Lord, I have two more points to make. Romans fifteen thirteen. What does it say? Express I want you to read from the screen, read from your Bible, read from wherever, and shout it out loud. One, two, go. Now, the God of hopelessness, the God of despair, the God of depression. Who is he? The God of hope. What is hope? Confident, positive expectation. It's confident. I know it's going to happen. It's positive. It will happen. It will be good. Expectation. I'm expecting it. The God of hope. Now, what should that God of hope do? Go now. One, two, go. Fill you with all, With how much joy? Oh come on, child, this out is too weak with all my joy. All 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 joy. joy. I mean all joy. I'm saying all joy. I mean all joy. Don't look for joy elsewhere because you might not find it. It's in me right now. All joy in me. Is it also in you? All joy. Now, now, all joy and what? Do you know what peace means? Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, nothing damaged, nothing diminishing in your life. He says God will fill you with that. Oh my God, in believing. So when you are in believing, that is you are in faith, you should be filled. The God of hope should fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? What for? So that you may abound. So that you may have an abundance of what? Abound in what? Yes, media, come on, move it up. Move it up. Abound in hope. Abound in hope. Abound in hope. So that your hope can move to the next level through the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So when, you have, when you're in faith, when you're in believing, you should always have a smile on your face. Amen? Why are you so joyful? The joy of the Lord has filled my heart. I'm filled with all joy. This will be a good confession. When you wake up in the morning and the devil is telling you you are depressed, it's a good day to be depressed. It's not a day to smile. What will make you smile? Last night you had some credit a lot, but this morning you have debit a lot. Why should you smile? <laughs> they gave you 100K yesterday now, you're in minus one naira, 25 kobo. <laughs> the God of hope is filling me with all joy and peace in believing. What do I believe? He who blessed me before. If you did it before. If I've ever tasted abundance before. If I've ever been healed in my body before. If I've ever had peace before. If i was ever filled with joy before. If, I, if I've ever enjoyed the favor of God before. I'm going to enjoy it again. Can I have an amen to that? Two things quickly. What do I do? How do I position myself for a turnaround? Number one, turn to God. You want him to turn your situation? You need to turn to him. I might not be able to finish this, but let me just go as far as I can. Turn to him. Proverbs one twenty-three. it says, Turn you at my reproof. Reproof is correction. Behold, I will pour my spirit unto you, and I'll make known my words unto you. When you turn, God, turn my captivity. God is saying, you turn, and find that your captivity has been turned. Exodus 3, 1 to 4. The situation of Moses did not turn until Moses turned. He saw the bush burning, And the bush was not consumed. He said, I will now turn to see this great sight. And when he turned, and verse 3, verse 4, when the Lord saw, and when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see. Between God and Moses, who did the turning? Come on, talk to me, church. Was it God that turned? Was it Moses that turned? Yeah, Moses turned. And when Moses turned, what did he see? God. When you turn, you will see God. What do I want you to turn from? What does the Holy Spirit want you to turn from? Your sin, your iniquities, your unrighteousness, your transgressions. Those little, little things that you like to do and they're against the word of God. Songs of Solomon 2.15 says, catch for us the little foxes. The little foxes that destroy the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Your life is like a vineyard, God's vineyard and it should bless them. God wants your life to prosper. But there are little foxes that are destroying them. Destroying your vineyard. And God is saying, catch them now. Turn. Turn. So that the season of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. When Moses turned, God spoke to him. If he didn't turn, it would not have hurt. Turn, church. This is the moment of truth. We're in the era of the hyper-grace gospel that says come to Jesus the way you are and stay the way you are. And God just loves you. God is not judging you. God is not condemning you. God is a friend. God is just there like a teddy bear. You may just reach up and just cuddle him and say, Lord, I love you. And you just continue to live in sin I mean not in sin but like just continue like the way you are no no Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 you know it takes the hand of God to turn a situation around Church are you with me I have 11 minutes to go it takes the hand of God to turn a situation around God does not turn Church if you're with me say amen. amen does God turn no, we saw that in James 1:17. he never turns. There's no shadow, not even a shadow of turning with him. So it, it goes to say that God stretches his hand and then turns our situations around. Is, is, would that be right? In Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, he says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. Because if his hand were shortened, then that hand will not be able to turn anything. Look at my hand now. If this is like this, can I drive a car? Look at me. Can I drive a car like this? Can I turn the steering wheel with this kind of hand? God's hand is not like this. Is the Olawa Boboro? He has an outstretched arm. The Bible says that his hand is not shortened, that it can't turn situations around or turn lives around. His ear is not heavy. That he cannot hear. So it's not until you go to a mountain to pray and you shout, Disho! Headache, man. You know the people that really shout? People who think God is far away. Those who don't know God. Elijah was taunting the prophets of Baal. Or Baal. He said to them, maybe he's on holiday. You might need to scream. Shout his name louder. They started shouting, bah! all of his bah! 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 The Lord is near. Do you shout someone's name who is near? Allah, how are you? When you are in a room with someone, do you shout? Unless there's a problem. When there is a problem, you can... Hello! That's a problem. But normally... Oh, hi, how are you doing? Oh, oh, it's fine. We go. But when you hear... No! Don't, don't ever tell me that! Don't tell me! No, they didn't tell me that! No, 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 no! It's, no, no, don't, don't insult my parents! No, no, I will insult your parents! No, no, no! There's a problem. But when two people are just whispering... Baby, you know, you're, you're the... Babe, you're, you're my... You're my cupcake. You're my cupcake! I love you! Ah, you know, that's the problem. <laughs> Honey! You're my sweetheart! There's a problem. You're my sweetheart. Oh yeah, baby, I know. Um you're my burrito. Oh yeah. You're my palliatives, oh yeah. You're my 50 liters of feel, oh yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise God. So why do we shout? Because we think he's so far away. At the end of the service, they'll be giving you an hand fan. Hand fan. His ear, his ear is not heavy. Let me tell your neighbor, say his ear is not heavy. Say it like I said. Say his ear is not heavy. I know some of you haven't spoken like that in a long time, but practice this morning because God is taking you places. Say, he's here, he's not heavy. heavy. Uh This is a good church. I don't want to hear, he's here, he's not heavy. What are you saying? He's here, he's not heavy. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But look at verse 2. What is the problem? What is the problem between us and God? But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins, your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. The psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Somebody will say, oh, this is is the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus has come. He's dealt with our sin. Past, present, and future. I agree completely. But do you know we still have to repent and grab the forgiveness that Jesus has made available by his blood? It doesn't just fall on you. You have to reach out and grab it and appropriate the finished works of Christ. Go to Titus chapter 2 from verse 11. Hyper grace is dangerous. The kind of gospel that makes you comfortable in sin is dangerous. Maybe you slept in your boyfriend's house and from there you came to church this morning. I'm not judging you, but I want you to change that. Go back there and pack your stuff and go home. Are you homeless? Are you living in a boyfriend's house. He hasn't paid your bride price and you've taken away the price. You are just a bride. Oh no. Don't be cheap. Learn some people go somewhere and they start washing their Boyfriends, boxes, shots, and washing, washing Like a washerwoman That's who you are That's what they will turn you to Come on, give yourself some respect For the grace of God I bring That bringeth salvation As appeared to all men Very soon they, they will have a birthday party in their family You will be the only cook Normally they give it to a caterer But, but, but it's for, it's, they have to pay But in your case They are not going to pay You are going to do it for free because yawo wa ni. Excuse me, I don't like that language. When somebody says, <laughs> yawo My wife is my wife, not our wife. And when people say I want more minko, in my mind, because I can't disrespect elderly people. In my mind, to tell they are doing well. I I don't like that thing. Our wife, I is our wife. Hour. Did we marry her together? On the day of they said twenty. All the men in the family welcome. You are marrying this woman. Let's get rid of that thing. And because you 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 you've been brought up that way, you now go to your boyfriend's house and sleep there, cook for everybody, wash, do all the washing, clean up the entire house, even wash their daddy's car, even help them to bait their dog. And the same you will never ever wash your daddy's shoes you. God will have mercy on your soul You hardly greet your parents But when you see your your friend's parents Good morning daddy, good morning mommy Good morning everybody Good wife This is a good wife Materia Materia Our son has gone to the market With his eyes But when you get into marriage, you discover it's a different ball game. You're the bravest of hearts. You're the strongest of souls. That's what we do in relationship, Sister Salim Dion. But when the realities come, it's a different ball game. What has happened between us and God? Our sin. God wants to bring a season of refreshing to this church But what is happening? Our sin Now the grace of God has appeared For what? It leads to salvation And it has appeared to all men Are you part of all men? That grace has appeared to you, it's not a new concept So somebody's trying to teach you a new grace Tell them, no I don't need your new grace concept I already know grace has appeared to me That's why I gave my life to Christ The day grace appeared to me, I gave my life to grace Can I have an amen? amen? Nothing new but people are coming up with new inventions of the human mind. What does it teach us? What does grace teach? Next verse. I'm going to close now. What does it teach? Teaching us that embracing ungodliness, drinking alcohol, smoking sisha, drinking squishy, and having, making love all night, and, and being nude and releasing nude videos and pictures. And then we should come to church like nothing has happened. No, no. The grace of God is teaching us that we should deny, reject all ungodliness, anything that is ungodly. All of it. People ask questions. Pastor, should a Christian take alcohol? And I always reply. Should a Christian eat their feces? No, 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 no. I can't eat my feces. No, no, no. Why don't you eat your feces? Why don't you say, it's my feces. I will eat it. It's it came out from my body. Do you know what is wrong? You already know. Can we kiss in a relationship? All right, so you kiss and your hands are tied. It's a holy kiss. <laughs> And some kiss like mechanic trying to suck fuel out of the car. Don't make yourself available for such. When you marry, he can kiss you like a mechanic, doesn't matter. You will teach him how to kiss. Amen. Amen. But not your business right now. Deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Worldly lusts. Loss means strong desire. What are the things that people really have a strong desire for right now? Somebody wrote on WhatsApp, I, I don't know what's happening to my sleep disease, I-, I can hardly sleep. Her friend sent to her a reply and she put it on WhatsApp. The reply was, try squishy. <laughs> No wonder my Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of his comfort. But is delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does him meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he doeth shall prosper. The one that shall prosper, but they don't want walking not in the counsel of the ungodly. No godly friend will tell you to try squishy because you are not sleeping. They will tell you try some 4 verse 8. I will both lay me down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. They will tell you, try, in fact, don't try. Do. Psalm 127, verse 2. For so he gives He giveth sleep to his beloved. Because cushy is what they know. What you don't have, you can't give. What kind of friends do you have? The reason some of you backslide so easily is because you are surrounded with ungodly friends. Friends will tell you, Omar, um, you have to be happy. I have to be happy. This one life, this, I, I, doesn't matter what it takes. I I need to be happy. They will never be happy. That's why they end up committing suicide. But when Jesus comes, he will give you joy. That joy will produce happiness and you have it constantly. Whether in plenty or in nothing, you are not ashamed. Can I have an amen? Grace teaches us to deny worldly lusts, not to embrace it. So that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, godly in this present corrupt world. Can we be different? Church people, please. God's children, can we be different? Can, can we make a difference in a world where people are losing their sense of morality by the second? People go to parties now naked, all net, and what you see is pant and bra. Are you crazy? We don't need to see your pant and no, bra. It doesn't bring money to our account anyway. Do, do people think, do they think, and do they remember that the internet never forgets? A year from today, Facebook will send you a reminder. You have a memory on Facebook. 25 years from now, if there's still Facebook, it will pop it up. Your children are grown, and then they see mom. Mommy, that's now you are born again at that time. Your scarf, we can't even see your ears anymore. You don't have ears anymore. They're inside the scarf, tucked in. My children, when I was like you, I used to serve the Lord. I serve God with all of my heart. And God knows, God knows, hey, don't make me cry. I beg you, serve God. Hello, mommy. It's on Instagram. See, twerking. Mommy, twerking. Oh no, 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 that's not my video. No, that's an imposter. Ah, uh, uh, oh. It's like a daddy, a daddy that da, da, da comes home. What's that? If you go two over twenty, two over nine, and 20 over 100 in mathematics, me, I was the best in mathematics when I was in Paris in secondary school. Try my secondary. I used to have an award best of mathematics, best of English, best of physics. Daddy, when we were sweeping the house, we found your report card. Uh, um, oh, uh, um, uh, uh, mommy, what are we eating today? You changed the story. It's like that. Whatever you do today is a seed. You have only sown it. It's under the ground. It's not dead. Harvest time is coming. So be careful, young people, what you sow. God wants to bring a season of refreshing, but we must turn. If we don't turn, his hand will not turn. Acts 3.19 on your feet, everybody. I'm not done, but I'll stop here. Acts 3.19. What does it say? Repent ye therefore, repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. God wants to bring a time of refreshing, may it come in our day. Somebody did not hear me. I said God is bringing the season of refreshing. May it come in our day. May it even come today. But we must repent. On the screen, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 17 and 18. This is for you, young people, especially. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, anything unclean, don't join them to touch it. Boys, don't touch human blood. Don't deal in human parts. Don't touch ritual money. Don't touch it. It's an unclean thing. Whatever unclean means to you, don't, God is giving you an instruction, not Pastor Fred. He said, don't touch it, and I will receive you. Having received you, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I want to pray for someone today who would say, Pastor, I want to surrender, I want to be his son, I want want him to be my father, I want to be his daughter, I want him to be my father, I surrender, if you're in such a case, step forward, I want to pray for you, all eyes closed, all eyes closed.